Welcome to Living With, a podcast by Health Union that explores what it's like to live with a chronic health condition. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. Toby Smithson knows diabetes inside and out. She's lived with type 1 diabetes since childhood, and she has dedicated her career to helping others with diabetes through her work as a registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator. I sat down with Toby to talk about her life with diabetes and her experience as a contributor for type2diabetes.com. What inspired you to pursue a career as a certified diabetes educator and registered dietitian nutritionist? Well, I actually, I became a registered dietitian, interesting, um, because of my personal um, journey. Uh, I have type 1 diabetes. Uh, I was diagnosed over 50 years ago. Actually, this month, November, is uh, my my diversary, we call it, the the month that I was diagnosed. Um, And I was in the hospital as a young person and a dietetic intern came to my bedside to ask me about food preferences. And I was so naive and so disconnected because back then nobody talked about diabetes. You, it was a stig, very stigmatized. You did not say a word that you had diabetes. So I, it was very quiet. Um, I was in the hospital. She came to my bedside And she let me know that she had diabetes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, so this is the first time I'm meeting somebody in the real world. And um, what I got from that is that I could become a dietitian. If she has diabetes and she became a dietitian, that means that's something that I should be able to do. So that's how... From that point on, I pursued um, becoming a registered dietitian. And then you need uh, many hours of experience, you know, working with patients and such before you could study for your exam for being a certified diabetes educator. I um, did it later in my career. I didn't get it right away because I just got on my career path and just started working, you know, in hospital settings and then in um, public health and dialysis, like I just worked in all these different settings as a dietitian, and it was always um, a desire of mine to get that credential of being a certified diabetes educator. So I studied day and night for six months straight, uh, and I got my certified diabetes educator certification. Why was that important to you? We having that extra credential um, displays credibility, and I feel that it just gave me a second level of credibility. Um, it, uh, I, I bring something unique to the table. All CDEs don't um, have diabetes, so I thought, what a great combination that I have the professional credentials to say yes. I know what I'm saying and doing, and then I also have that personal experience as well. So I thought this is just such a gift that I should package together. That's incredible. So how old were you when you were diagnosed? Mm -hmm. Eight. And what led up to your diagnosis? 
a, um, a flu. Um, I remember very being very lethargic, you know, not having any energy. I looked, I was emaciated. Uh, um, I'm just like going back in time to remember. I mean, I looked like, uh, like I I was a starving child. Um, Mm. So I was very thin, um, so weak, just laid on the couch and the flu just didn't go away. Um, Back then, we didn't have access to pediatric endocrinologists. So we were just seeing a pediatrician. Um, And I feel like uh, if we were in today's world, things would have been a lot different than it was back then. Um, We didn't have blood sugar checking, you know, checking your blood sugar with a blood glucose meter. Um, So I'm such a proponent of people checking their blood sugar because it is such an absolute great resource and tool when I was diagnosed, you checked your urine, which is so inaccurate. So I'm like, how did I survive through all this? Which it was not good medicine at that time that was available. Um, mm-hmm. So that lethargy, um, the doctor then did some blood work, and I remember the phone call. I remember my mom sitting me down on the piano bench and saying, Ooh, I just heard from the doctor, and we have to take you to the hospital. And she was crying. Um, that, that was my introduction to diabetes. And, um, so I, it was, it was scary, definitely yeah. scary. Back then you were hospitalized for like a week to, to practice how to take injections and to go to diabetes education classes. Um, quite different than today. We're so much more advanced, um, and I'm very thankful to all the research and technology that's come forth since then. Absolutely. Yes. So you've written that you believe, quote, diabetes is physical, but effective diabetes management is emotional. Can you explain what mm-hmm. you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Well, it really covers both. Um, it's 24-7, no vacation. Uh, so it's diabetes management and problem solving is constant. Uh, and that's something that, especially with um, my patients that I talk to that have type two diabetes, uh, I can't stress that enough. People think that like you take the medication or I'm, but I'm following a healthy diet and I'm exercising. Those are like band-aids, you know, that to keep you protected somewhat, but it's constant problem solving. So checking your blood sugar is, like I said, a resource, a fabulous tool to see, hey, body, how are you doing with this situation? Or um, either if it was a stressful situation or I just exercised or I just ate a meal um, or I started a new medication. So to use those resources, and um, that's, that's both, both physical and mental really at the same time. Mm. Absolutely. So sometimes people with type 1 diabetes distance themselves from type 2, but you share both your personal and professional experience on type2diabetes.com. How does your experience influence how you approach your clients and advocate for people with type 2? Mm-hmm. I hear uh, so often that I hear uh, from people actually with type 2 diabetes, oh, you have the bad diabetes. Uh, mm-hmm. and again, that stigma. And um, I 
as a professional, believe um, and see from the research that really type 1 and type 2 are very similar. So um, the, it's diabetes management. The only difference is possibly the medications that you're, that you're taking. Some medications are specifically for type 2 diabetes, and insulin is always for type 1 diabetes. So the medication may be a little bit different, but other than that, every single part about diabetes management is the same. So I feel like it's one of the same. Um, It's diabetes management for all. That's a good point. So I know some people are afraid to go to a registered dietitian because they're worried that they will be told a list of foods they cannot eat. But you've written that no foods are banished in your approach. Can you tell me more about your philosophy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also say all foods can fit. Nice. And so um, I actually have um, a book, Diabetes, Meal Planning, and Nutrition for Dummies, um, that walks you through all the, um, I have the attitude of you can do this. Uh, and if, if you're told you can't do something, then think about how you feel about that. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's resentment and, well, gosh darn it, then I'm going to do that. There's, that. That comes across a lot. There's negativity with that. But reality is that all foods can fit in a healthy eating plan. Of course, there's portion size. I, I, I emphasize that a lot. Um, and people will, will take a step back and say, yeah, I know, I know, you're right. You can't, nobody, whether you have diabetes or not, it's not recommended that you eat, um, you know, large, large amounts of food. So it's really a healthy eating pattern that everybody should be following. Because I get the question, too, about families, you know, and there's one person in the family that has diabetes. It, it doesn't matter. Everybody should be eating the same kind of healthy eating meal plan. Yeah, it, it supports everybody to, to be the best it can be. Mm-hmm. So effective diabetes management requires consistent behavior, and some people have difficulty keeping up with diet and exercise modifications. How do you encourage mm-hmm. your patients who have, quote-unquote, fallen off the wagon? Yeah, it's all a matter of habit, and this, this will probably make more sense when you hear it phrased this way, because this is when I'm coaching um, people with diabetes, whether they have type 1 or type 2 diabetes, it doesn't matter. The same coaching principles is what I use. We want to take baby steps, small steps, and making that big goal. So a lot of times people will say, you know, when I ask them, what's your goal? I want to lose weight. Okay, well, that's the big goal. Or I want my blood sugars to be under 200. Okay, that's the big goal, and we need to break it down into behaviors, doable, small, achievable goals. So we'll just take baby steps and making some small goals, and what happens is once it becomes the norm, so we stick with the goals for at least a month, and then I check back in with you, and then um, if you haven't achieved the goal to its fullest, we'll keep it on for another month. Typically, it takes about six weeks of doing the behavior consistently, continuing to do the behavior before it becomes habit. And habit is natural, and that's what is easy for us. So 
So that's what we want to do is change some behaviors, modify behaviors so that it becomes just a natural, then it's not difficult. I like that idea of breaking it into small steps. I, I can imagine that you, there's like you said, there's lots of mini steps within. So how long do you work with someone? Is it, is it a long-term engagement? I, it really, I, I let the person guide the coaching. Um, it, you know, like I don't have an, my only agenda is that the, for healthy, healthy outcomes in the end, but um, I'm there to guide uh, and help to pull them back if they're taking too big of a goal. Mm-hmm. Like if the goal, I just actually want to take one step backwards with that goal um, is that if you're not achieving the goal after a month, um, then we may, maybe we took too big of a jump, too big of a goal. So we'll break it down even further. Uh, so how long I spend um, coaching somebody it varies um, from person to person. Some of it is personality. There's lots of variables that come in or sometimes um, a, a life event happens and they take a couple steps backwards. So we need to um, get back on track and move forward again. So it's very individualized on how long it takes. Um, but my goal for them is that when you feel comfortable and confident in your diabetes management, that's when you're ready to graduate from coaching. And that's the huge goal um, for diabetes educators because it's called diabetes self-management. The goal is that people are self-managing because it's a condition that's 24-7. So you can't have a medical provider right there with you, you know, for every minute. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes me think of another question. I I can see when a person is newly diagnosed, there's a lot to learn about managing it. Mm-hmm. But are there other times when you see that people come to you when they're they're needing more more information and more support, or maybe when would somebody know that this would be a good time to reach out to someone like you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you feel that you're going off track. And uh, you could find that out by either your, a- your hemoglobin A1C result is increasing. We know we have goals uh, from the American Diabetes Association, an A1C of less than 7%. So we have that goal in mind. That's what the medical community uses as well. And so if you see your A1C inching up, that would be um, a prompt that you may want to Go back and revisit um, with a diabetes educator or a dietitian. Um, another thing is your, uh, your personal blood sugar monitoring, um, checking your blood sugars. And if you see that you're unhappy with how your blood sugars are at one part of the day or another, that may be another time to revisit. Uh, and something really important that I want to mention, especially for um, the type 2 diabetes community, is um, like it's a misnomer. People... Um, will come to me and say, but it was working before, mm-hmm. you know, like, but I didn't change anything. So now I don't know why, I don't understand why are my blood sugars higher now in the morning? They were always okay. You know, like those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and my message to them that people don't realize often is that type two diabetes is considered a progressive disease. And I don't mean to have any negative context to that. Um, 
I simply put it just like aging, you know, that what, how, what we do now right now is quite different than what we were able to do when we were 10 years old. Right. Everybody seems to understand that concept. Think about when you were 10, how fun. (laughs) But um, what we did then is different because of the natural aging process. And you could think about that with your um, diabetes as well, that what may have worked before may not be working now. And so we just like regroup, you know, and take a look at different um, paths that we can take to get back on track, whether it's different behaviors uh, associated with healthy eating or exercise or stress management or medications. I think that's so important what you just said. It's because we do change and we think our bodies are like, okay, I figured that out. Check that box. Now I can move on. But even just looking at how much our hormones change over years, you know, everything changes. Mm -hmm. And so we have to keep adapting. Right. Yep. I think that's going to help a lot of people kind of reframe that this isn't just a one and done type of solution. Right. Right. I like with having the, you can do this attitude that there's, there's ways that we could just keep reframing or, or making little tweaks, minor adjustments so that we could get back on track. Uh, I mean, so many people just associate, they, they jump from one thing right to the, the end product of, uh, you know, I was diagnosed with diabetes and then they've seen um, relatives before them have complications like um, loss of limbs and things like that. And that absolutely does not have to happen. What have you learned about yourself through living with diabetes? Actually, I just did this uh, little quiz. It's called Strength Finders. Mm-hmm. To find out what's what your strengths are. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a really neat book and you take it online. You only have like a couple seconds to answer each question. And so it really, um, finds out what your top five strengths are. And when I reviewed the strengths that I have, so many are directly related. They're always positive, all the strengths they come up with, but, um, one, the one in particular was discipline. And I just have a really big smile because I'm actually proud of my discipline, that 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 is a strength of mine because, and I said, you know what, diabetes is what gave me that strength. Mm. Do you think that discipline, if for someone who doesn't have that as a natural strength, is that something that can be learned? I do think it can be learned uh, because it's, it's with, uh, on a daily basis, working on these behaviors, these healthy behaviors, and keeping them in intact, um, that really helps with positive outcomes. What has it been like being an advocate for type2diabetes.com? Well, I, uh, one of my main, you know, I think I was one of the first writers, and it, it was a goal of mine to get credible information out there. And so this was an avenue for me. And so it, it makes me very happy actually to write for them so that I know that there's accurate, credible information out there. Because if you, if you go on the web or the internet, you will, um, you'll see 
so much misinformation. Um, and so this was a, a platform that, that helps to get my messaging out. I also have my own website too, <laughs> diabeteseveryday.com. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel and my Diabetes Every Day, which is the precise reason why I have those is because so that people have access to um, credible information. And you clearly see that this information is coming from a credentialed person. Why do you think it's important for people with diabetes to have an online community? I, I think it brings people together and um, it think about our, our lives um, right now. We are so overbooked, overwhelmed, um, busy, busy, busy. Um, and let's not talk about traffic in any community that you live. <laughs> you will spend hours in traffic, you know. And so an online community uh, it really has made a, a difference and made a change to bring people together that you could, in the comfort of your own home, or from your own phone, wherever you are, if you're waiting for the train or, or wherever you are, that you could access this information. So it's not needing to drive to a clinic um, to wait and park and wait in line and all of that to, to access a diabetes support group. Um, but instead, it's now at your fingertips. And for some people, um, they... There's a big thing about privacy issues, that if they're not comfortable with being with other people, you know, right next to me, sitting next to somebody knowing they have diabetes. So it, it really gives access to all. You know, if people want to voice their, their opinions or whatever, they can do that. If they want to just be a lurker, or I don't, I don't mean that in negative, <laughs> um, a quiet bystander, mm -hmm. um, they, they can do that as well. You know, like I didn't come out of my closet till um, it's less than 10 years ago. Oh, wow. I kept it a secret the whole time. A lot of people um, are very embarrassed and they don't want to be telling people, you know, so they keep it quiet. And, and that's okay. Either way is fine as long as you're safe. You know, if, if you need to tell somebody that um, that's what pushed me to tell my, my husband um, when we were dating, my girlfriend was a CDE and she goes, come on, you're spending a lot of time with him. Um, you need to tell him. And oh my God, I was so nervous that um, I, so I went over to his apartment, you know, and I said, um, I need to talk to you. And he's like, okay. And I said, can we turn off the lights? So here, he's a man. He's like, woohoo, yeah, <laughs> let's turn off the lights. But it, for me, it was so that he couldn't, like, see my face as vivid. I was so scared. And I'm, so we turn off the lights. And then I said, I have something to tell you. And he's like, all right, whatever. And I have never, none of this has ever come out of my mouth. But I said, well, I shoot up. <laughs> what? what? I mean, I am a good girl. I didn't do any of that kind of stuff at all. And he's like, whoa. And so what's going, 
really fast in his mind is like, how am I, how does she afford this? You know, she's a single mom. Like he's trying to do the calculations. Like, whoa, she's going to be expensive. Like, what? <laughs> And I'm like, and as soon as I said it, then I realized I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, it's insulin that I shoot, that I, I take insulin. And he's like, oh my gosh. He goes, oh, so you have diabetes? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, Oh, and then he just started asking me about my diabetes, and everything was fine from that point on. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! What a way to break the ice! So, yeah, so in a way, it was a great way because it went from "Holy cow!" you know, to "Oh, you just have diabetes? It's just diabetes?" But of course, I understand about that. <laughs> I was afraid that we would break up because, mm. you know, if he knew. And it turns out it is the complete, complete opposite. Um, my husband is my number one fan. He is um, my number one PR person. I mean, he like, um, he completely understands and helps me to problem solve the issues. And so um, it, when I have any issues, but he's my number one supporter, and um, he's the one that said, hey, you have something unbelievable and fantastic. That's why you need to go get your CDE. That's why you need to really tell the world about this. You're a great story that could change lives. Yeah, I think he's right. It's been so much fun to talk to you, Toby. Thank you very much for your time today. Oh, you're more than welcome. To read Toby's articles and join the conversation, visit type2diabetes.com. You can find more health communities at health-union.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And consider leaving a review, as reviews help others find the podcast more easily. Thank you for listening to Living With. I'm Emily Downward.